Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, Episode 2, $100,000. Doesn't that number just take your breath away? Have you ever asked someone for a $100,000 loan? I have. It's how I saved my business from bankruptcy and created a stable, thriving floral and event design business that supported my family of five as we navigated a twin pregnancy, parenting three under three, and a hospitalized husband. Today, on my first full-length podcast episode, I'm sharing my story, the good, bad, and ugly, of how I transformed my entire life by putting aside unhealthy habits and rebuilding my business from the ground up. Today's episode is a little more heavy-hitting than usual, but this is my story, and if you're going to understand why I'm so focused and passionate about business or why I'm driven by having all the time I could ever want with my family or creating the life I love— It's because of my story, so I'm going to share it with you today. It's amazing what you can do when you have no money, a ton of grit, and a family to provide for. So do you want to hear how a six-figure loan turned into a seven-figure empire? Let's jump in. Welcome to the Zimmerman Podcast with your host, CEO, wedding professional, educator, and mom, Jessica Zimmerman. In just two years, Jessica went from facing bankruptcy to taking home a six-figure salary. She turned a business-saving $100,000 loan into a million-dollar empire. As a creative entrepreneur, a healthy work-life balance seems just as unattainable as a six-figure income. But Jessica Zimmerman is here to show you it's possible. With the right tools and insider tips and some hard work, your craziest dreams can become your daily routine. If you set some boundaries and commit to healthy changes, you can create a business and a life you love. So let's make your business work for you. When I was three years old, I lost my sister. When I was three years old, I was in a car accident and I survived and my sister died. I think that that was when it all started, to be honest. While so many people go around and they, they say or they think to themselves, we're not promised tomorrow or life is short, I not only say that, I know that from the deepest parts of my soul, I know that to be true because I lived it. Because one day I had my best friend with me and the next day she was gone. We were both in a car accident. One of us survived and one of us didn't. And that was the day that my life changed forever. Part of knowing so clearly from such a young, young age that tomorrow isn't promised, you start to really value time. Time is by far my greatest commodity. Time means more to me than any dollar that I could ever make because I can't get it back. I can always make more money. I can't, I can't buy more time. I certainly can't buy more time with, with the people that I love. And so it's just something that I've always known was important to me is time and how can I spend the time that I have on this earth the best possible way and how can I spend it the way that I want to spend it versus the way someone else wants me to. Now, my sister's death not only had a a lasting impact on me, but on my family as well. Now, I have to give my parents so much credit because 
They were now left with one surviving child, and they really did an incredible job of still letting me be me and allowing me to have experiences and to go to a go and to go away to camp and to spend the night at friends' houses and to go on vacations with friends and those kinds of things. And to be honest, I don't know if I could do the same. I I have three kids myself and sometimes I think, gosh, if something happened and I had one kid left, like I don't know if I'd ever let them out of my sight, you know? And so I give my parents a lot of credit for that. My mom worked at home. She took care of me. My dad worked outside the home and he made the money. And they have a marriage that 100% works for them, always has worked for them, still works for them to this day. And I'm really proud of them and their relationship. And they've taught me a lot about commitment and sticking it out through the hard things. But there was one thing that I just really knew very early on. While my mom was such a good mom and such a good wife, I knew that I wanted something more than that. I wanted an identity that was apart from being a mom and being a wife. I knew that I wanted to set my own hours. I knew I wanted to be in control over my own schedule so that I could spend as many hours as I possibly could away from work with the people that I love. And I also knew that I wanted something that was mine, that was just mine, and that that was okay. And that really became clear to me when I went to college because my mom had put all of her heart, her soul, her energy into raising me. And I was her job. And when I left to go to college, I think she really struggled with, well, well, now what do I do? Now what? And that's when it really became clear to me that I definitely wanted to have something that was that was just mine and that that was okay. And the only way I knew how to do that was to own my own business. It took me seven years to graduate college because I hated college. <laughs> I don't know how on earth you ask an 18-year-old who all she has ever done is go to school her whole life. That's what she's done is she's gone to school. And then you ask her to choose what she wants to do with her life and to pick that major and to go to school, this very expensive school, right? And it's just crazy to me, but there were never any other options. It was just expected that that's what I do. And I never questioned it because that's what everybody did around me. And so... I went to the University of Arkansas, and I met my husband, Brian. But as far as education goes, I wouldn't say that I got much out of college as far as education goes. I think that college for me was about experience. Now, knowing what I know about the value of a dollar now, knowing what I know today about how much work it takes to earn money, and what I know today about what college cost. It makes me sick at my stomach that I didn't take it more seriously. But the truth is, is if I'm interested in a subject, man, I'm all in. I'm going to make a 100% A plus on that freaking subject. But if I'm not interested in it, I mean, there's just no hope. I mean, it just, it's just the last, I'm never going to be interested in it. It's the last thing that I want to do, right? And so I changed my major several times because I would realize quickly like, oh, Well, for example, my first major was broadcast journalism. 
And I did that for a year. And then I started interning in the broadcast journalism department. And I realized very quickly that it was a ton of nights and a ton of weekends. And I thought, well, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> I mean, I want to have my nights off of my family. I want to have my weekends off of my family. I don't want to be working while everyone else is hanging out and enjoying their free time. And so I changed my major to education, which is hilarious because me being a teacher in the form of the way we know most teachers in school is so hilarious to me now because I would be the absolute worst teacher in a school setting. I mean, all of the praise goes to teachers out there because y'all are incredible and I would be the worst teacher in a school setting ever. And that lasted about a semester until I changed it again to business. And the reason why I changed it to business for about a semester as well is because I thought I wanted to do real estate. And then I kind of learned the same thing, that that's a lot of working when other people aren't working. And it just became more and more clear to me that time was super important to me. And so I went to my guidance counselor, who will remain nameless because she is the world's worst guidance counselor on the planet. But I basically went to her and I said, what major do I need to do to get me out of here the fastest? And she said, communication. I said, great, sign me up. And I remember leaving her office and in the hallway, there was a big poster that was hanging on the wall. And it was this list of all these different occupations that you could have with a communication degree. I started reading down the list and one of them was event planning. And I thought, well, ah, I could do that. And so I got married to Brian, who I met my freshman year. I got married to him right out of college. And I had some business cards made that said Jay-Z event planning. I think that's what they said. And I sat on the couch for a year because I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about marketing or advertising or networking or how to start a business, how to run a business. I knew nothing. I had no business having business cards printed, but I did because that's what I did. But I basically sat on the couch for a year. I call it my wallow year. I wallowed for a year thinking, what have I done with my life? And where's it going? And all I wanted to do was on my own business. And I don't even know how to do that. And so after several months of laying on the couch and my incredibly amazing patient husband <laughs> coming home every day asking me how I'm doing and never pushing me or, or saying you've got to go do something. He just was really patient. After months, I looked at him and I said, I think I'm going to go ask to work at a local kitchen supply store. I happened to know the owners and they had a successful business, it seemed like to me. And I thought that would be a really good place to learn about business. So I went and I worked for them for four years. I learned so much. I learned about retail. I learned about working with customers. I learned about working with reps. I learned how to go to market and buy. I learned how to place orders. I learned how to place reorders, how to check your inventory, how to stock your inventory, how to check in packages, how to claim damages, how to deal with customers who wanted returns, how to deal with budgets and finance and, and how to manage a team. I also learned from my bosses what kind of boss I wanted to be and what kind of boss I didn't want to be. It was an incredible learning experience. And after four years, I decided to leave because I had learned all that I could. And I went to a Christmas party where a lady who owned an event rental place called A Southern Tradition, she was there and she came up to me and she said to me, I'd like for you to come work for me for a year and then buy my business, which was music to my ears because it's all 
I'd ever wanted. And I thought, well, event rentals, event planning, heck yeah. That's like, look at that. Look at that degree just in action. Here we go. Let's do it. So I started working for her. And then I bought the business a year later. And I just continued to do things the way that she had done them, along with doing things that I thought were necessary to grow the business, things like overhauling the website, things like advertising in major wedding magazines, things like putting us on social media, all of these things, right? And I brought over a few things that I had learned from my experience with the kitchen supply store, which was things like QuickBooks and how to do my own payroll and those kinds of things. And I learned very, very, very quickly that the foundation for that business was not a great one. The business made a lot of money, but it spent a lot of money. We would maybe make $30,000 a month, but we were spending $31,000 a month. Some months we were spending 29, some 29.5, some 32. I mean, we were always just right there. I can remember so many nights trying to fall asleep and not being able to because I was a nervous wreck because I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills that week or payroll was supposed to be coming out. And I had no clue if there was going to be enough money to pay people. I didn't pay myself at all. And I worked myself to death those first few years. My husband would go to work and then he would, as soon as he got off work at five, he would come over to the studio and he would help me. And we would wash chairs, we'd wash tables, we'd pack orders, we would treat linens for stains, we would wash linens and dry linens and fold them and iron them and hang them and all of these things. We would lift and carry really heavy iron candelabras and pack candles and and lighters for candles and I mean, it was just so much work. And when my daughter was about six months old, I realized I can't do this anymore. This is not at all what I went into business for. I went into my own business so that I could be in control of my time, so that I could have my business, have something that was mine. I had no desire at that time to have some major impact or to make a ton of money. It wasn't about that. It was, I just want the business to be profitable. It doesn't have to be super profitable. But if I could pay myself a little bit of money, I'm talking like $20,000. I'm not talking about a ton of money. Just if I can pay myself a little bit of money so that we can have some, you know, fun money or some vacation money or something. You know, Brian's paycheck pays for our living expenses. So if I could just have something that made a little bit of money, something that was mine, something that if I lost everyone in my life, I still had this one thing that was mine that couldn't be taken away from me. And it became very clear that that's not what I had. I had this business that took all of my time, that was draining me, that was no longer exciting to me, that I wish wasn't there, but it was. I was very deep into this business. And that is when I just said something's got to change. Jessica's always teaching that your time is valuable. So is hers. So to make this podcast possible, we have sponsors. Here's a quick message about something Jessica loves. 
Okay, so summer 2019, imagine me waking up at 5 a.m., taking my kids to the gym while I work out with my trainer, going to the pool, playing blocks on the living room floor, and then wham, totally out of energy by 4 p.m., crawling into bed in my Christmas pajamas. I was already doing all the energy-boosting things I could think of. Then my nutritionist told me about Bee Powered from Beekeepers Naturals. I just take a spoonful of the Bee Powered Superfood Honey every morning, and I'm not kidding. I see a huge difference. I know not everyone can have a nutritionist, but anyone can get this superfood honey and I'm making it even more accessible for you. If you use the link in my show notes or simply go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B, you'll get 15% off your order from Beekeepers Naturals. So if you're a tired entrepreneur or foggy brain parent, you need this stuff. Again, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B-E-E. Hey, are you loving this episode? If you've been listening thinking, oh gosh, I'm so glad I found this. This is exactly what I've been needing. Then I need you to do me a favor. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it on your social media. I can't reach more listeners like you without your help. And these early days and weeks of the podcast are absolutely crucial to building the listener base we need so that we can keep producing content that is free to you and answers all your biggest business questions. So share this episode, tag me at Jessica Zimmerman underscore, and then get right back to listening. So I went to the bank and I asked for a $100,000 loan. And somehow I got that loan. I've always been really good at sales. And that's just something that has come naturally to me. And my dad is an excellent salesman and he taught me everything that, that, that he knows. But I went in there and I basically just sold myself. And I said, listen, I know that I can do this. I know that the financials that you're looking at right now, everything logically says, do not give this woman a loan. This makes zero sense. But I am here to tell you that I can do this. I just have to have the time to step away from my business for just a little bit to learn. Because if I'm interested in learning it, I am going to be all in. I'm going to learn every single bit of it to the best of my ability. I'm going to apply it and I'm going to turn this thing around. But I can't do that without this loan. And somehow they gave it to me and I spent... $40,000 of that money educating myself from consultants to mentors to workshops to professionals in the industry. I read every book that I could get my hand on about successful people. I listened to podcasts. I spoke with successful people that I knew locally. I talked to successful people that I knew who lived in other areas. I started just becoming this person who was obsessed with gaining the knowledge of successful people. I wanted to know the habits of successful people. What do they do and why does it work and how quickly can I apply it? $40,000 went to educating myself and $60,000 went to keeping the business afloat so that I could begin to implement the things that I had educated myself on. What I basically had to do was tear down my current business all the way down to where there was nothing left. And I had to rebuild it. I had to build my new business on a solid foundation. The things that I learned were from, sure, some of them were from people in the wedding industry. But then I learned a lot from people who have nothing to do with the wedding industry. Just about They just were really good at business. And it all made so much sense to me. They were really simple things. I'm not saying that they were easy But they were simple and they took time to implement. But 
I did that. And very quickly after that, I began to see real change. I ended up during that time realizing that rentals was absolutely not the business that I needed to be in. While it's a great business, I wasn't set up to have a rental company. You need a really large warehouse. You need people that are just in charge of that warehouse. And at the time, I didn't want some big team. I just wanted a couple of people. I wanted to come to work and enjoy my work and be able to leave and go home to my family. And rentals was just too taxing. So I decided to focus on floral design only because while floral design may only bring in 10000 a month, I only spent four with florals. So the profit was a whole lot better. With florals, I could be by appointment only, whereas with the rental company, I had to have normal nine to five hours because people had to be able to come in and they had to be able to walk through the showroom and, and see all the items. And because I spent from nine to five handling the showroom and dealing with customers, the work that actually had to be done to run the business, it couldn't be done until before and after hours. So by being by appointment only, I was really able to start setting some boundaries and I was really able to be intentional about my work, about my clients, and about my time, which was the most precious thing to me. I decided to rebrand my business. So I did a photo shoot and that photo shoot helped me to begin to attract ideal clients because I was attracting people who liked my new aesthetic. I worked really hard. I started really implementing all the things I had learned and was building this amazing foundation for my business that was working, that was really, really working. And it wasn't long until I was able to start paying myself a salary. About four months after I got that initial loan, I was able to start paying myself a salary. And not from that loan, but from the money that I was making because of the things I had applied to my business that I had learned through the education. I started paying myself, I believe it was about $15,000 a year. And that was good. And that was enough for me. And that year, I did really well with my business and turned things around. The following year, I booked my first six-figure wedding, which was absolutely incredible. The next year, I was able to bring home a six-figure salary for myself. So within two years, I went from bringing home nothing to bringing home a six-figure salary. That was also the year that I started getting people on social media contacting me and saying, hey, I've been following you for a while and your business is just booming all of a sudden. What did you do? Can I call you? Can I pick your brain? <laughs> Which pick your brain is like my least favorite term in the world. Um, but I started charging people because I had once again learned that my time is valuable and that I can charge for my time. And that is a column that is not in QuickBooks. Um, but I started charging people at that time around $200 an hour. And I consulted with them, told them what I knew. And what I realized was everyone that I met with had the same questions. And I was basically repeating myself for every consultation. So I wrote everything that I knew, everything that I did in a course called The Business Behind the Blooms. I sold that course and I thought I would just sell it one time, but the testimonies that we received were absolutely incredible. And more and more people were asking, when is that going to be available again? When is it going to be available again? And so I sold it again. And then I started receiving even more amazing testimonies from people saying, this has changed my life. 
I used to never get to see my family. And now not only do I get to see them, but I'm bringing home a salary. And we went on two vacations this year. I used to never do a wedding floral that was more than $2,000. And one week after applying what I learned in Business Behind the Blooms, I booked a $15,000 floral order. Like these were the kinds of testimonies I was receiving. And to be honest, I just went into this business because I wanted to own my own business. That was it. I didn't care what the business was. I would have sold knives for a living. I almost did. Um, I would have done anything. I just wanted to have my own business so that I could be in control of my time. So I could take my kids to school, pick them up from school, go to their soccer games and their dance recitals. And my biggest passion is travel. I want to see the whole world. and. I knew I would never be able to do that in a corporate environment where you only got, you know, two weeks of vacation a year. So it didn't matter to me what the business was. I just wanted to own my own business. But after a few years of doing weddings, I really started to get tired of it. Just I loved the clients I was working with and I had honed a craft for floral design and executing really beautiful weddings. My work had been featured in People Magazine and Martha Stewart Weddings and I had been named top wedding planner by Southern Living Magazine. I had gotten these incredible accolades and I just thought, what more is there to do really? Like what more is there to do? And for me, once I've kind of achieved what there is to achieve, I get a little bored and I need to change. I need to try something else. And because at this time people were really interested in how I had turned my business around, I kind of started to believe like, okay, this all makes sense now because while everyone in the wedding industry that I meet seems to love it so much, be so passionate about it. There are people that I have met that, my goodness, if you told them they could never touch another flower again, I think they'd just want to die. Like I think they'd say, end it now. (laughs) Like that is how into flowers and how into weddings they are. And for me, if you told me I could never touch another flower again, I'd be like, okay, sounds good. And so to me, this all made sense. Okay, I was supposed to be in the wedding industry so that I could fail miserably and then pick myself back up and learn piece by piece how to build this thing on a solid foundation, how to make real money with this business, not that fun, like fake play money kind of thing, but how to make real money. I was bringing home $100,000 a year and doing a handful of weddings. That's incredible. And it was beyond more than I could have ever imagined. And it became really clear that my job was to teach what I knew to other people. Because the thing that's so different about the business behind the blooms from every other course in my industry is that I'm no longer still trying to be this incredible floral designer and wedding planner. I've done that. And while I still love to play with flowers and I can continue to do weddings. My identity isn't based on that. And I don't have this need to keep any of that information to myself. I am more than happy to share not just some of it, not 60% or 70% of it, but all of it. I'm more than happy to share every single bit of what I know of how to build a really successful business in the wedding industry. And I think that's why the business behind the blooms has been so successful because it leaves you asking no questions. You know the answer to everything that you need to know to build that kind of foundation. And then when you start getting testimonies in of other students who have taken 
business behind the blooms, of them bringing home six-figure salaries, then you know you've really, you've really made the right choice. There have been so many turning points in my business journey. The biggest so far has to be the creation of Business Behind the Blooms. As I'm sharing my story on today's episode, I can't not tell you about this free training I have. It's called Never Let a Client Get Away. It's like a little peek into what BBB is all about. This online video training takes you through my signature sales process that has allowed me to book, listen to this, 100% of the brides I want for the past four years. If you want to access this free training, Go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash BBB. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash BBB. And now while a lot of you may have known all of that, you may have heard me talk about everything that I just said. One thing that I've never talked about publicly is what was really going on behind the scenes while I built that business. Stella was not even two years old yet when I gave birth to our twin boys, Perry and Zeke. And six weeks after they were born, my husband became very, very ill. And we spent the next year in and out of the hospital. He was getting infusions. We didn't know what was wrong with him. We went from doctor to doctor. It was the worst year of my entire life. And it was the year that I became a different person. It was the year that I no longer cared about just having this side business, but that I was like a dog with a bone, the most determined human being on the planet to make six figures and to take care of my family. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about that today because I've never talked about it before, but I did write a book about it and um, about everything that went on behind the scenes. And it comes out April 7th, 2020. It's called Sleeping with a Stranger. It is the most vulnerable I have ever been. It is incredibly scary to think that anyone is going to read this book. Um, It is raw. It is graphic. It is every secret, every, um, every trouble, things from my childhood, things during that year, it's just, um, it's a lot. And I've never shared it before, but it's in the book. And I, while I'm a little scared (laughs) for people to know that much about me, there's nothing that I've ever done before ever that I feel more certain of. The wedding industry was always a big question mark. What am I doing here? (laughs) Even education, while it was way less of a question mark, I, I understood it and it made way more sense to me. There's been nothing in my life that's made more sense to me than writing this book. And I just believe that it's going to help people and serve people. And I don't know how, and I don't know anything more than that. I just know from the depths of my soul that I was supposed to share what was going on during that time. And so that's what I did. (laughs) And I shared everything. And it was, it's the truest, most honest story. Um, that I've ever told. And so that comes out April 7th. We'll put in the show notes where you can um, sign up to make sure that you get a notification, you know, as it gets closer to time so that you can you can order it. But I built this business while there was a lot of stuff happening in my personal life. And I just think that 
if I can do this, my gosh, anyone can. Like, they really can. Um, I just kept going, and I knew that there was a bigger purpose all along. I always knew that there was, from weddings to education to this podcast, which I swore I would never do a podcast because everyone and their dog has a podcast. Um, But I knew that I needed to do this as well, and now the book is coming out. And today, my life looks a little different than it did even a few years ago. I used to work in this beautiful 6,000-square-foot studio in downtown Conway, and I recently decided to move home and to be a little simpler with it. You know what I mean? I have an amazing team. I have about nine people that I work with who are all over the country. We even have someone in Canada, and um, I love them so much. We have so many bloomers. Those are my students, um, people who have gone through my program, The Business Behind the Blooms. In 2020, we will have four amazing programs available for our students, and I'm so excited about that. So today, what life looks like now is I get to wake up every day, and I get to be the face and the voice of this incredible business, this business that I built during the most difficult time of my life, a business that I built out of grit and out of pure adrenaline. And I get to share what I've learned. I get to continue to be really vulnerable with you guys. And I get to share my story so that we can have connection. I think people are just craving for connection. And I don't know why you're here. I don't know necessarily what it is about me or my story that resonates with you, but I'm really grateful that you're here. I'm thankful for you. I promise to put my all into this podcast for you and to deliver each time, to give you really great content for free. And I just want to say thank you. For those of you who have been with me since the very beginning, thank you for still showing up. And thank you for still trusting in me to continue to teach you. For those of you who are new, welcome. Welcome to the family. I hope that you enjoy this. I never thought that I could have a job educating and encouraging fellow business owners. I truly never get used to the fact that that this is my life now, that this is what I get to do. It's an honor to share with you and to learn together. If there's one thing that you take away from today, I want it to be this. I am not ahead of you. I don't see myself as ahead of you. I see me walking right along beside you. I am still figuring out this entrepreneurial life day to day, every single day. And my hope is that maybe I can save you some heartache and some headache (laughs) um, along the way. So I just want to say thank you for letting me into your life. And I just can't wait to see where you and I both grow from here. To close out this first episode on a lighter note, I'm going to answer the question I'll be asking all of my guests throughout this first season. If you had Oprah money and had to spend it on yourself, something totally selfish, what would it be? So my answer to this question, and it might sound a little ridiculous, but if I did, if I did, if I had Oprah money and I had to spend it on myself and it had to be totally selfish, this is what I would do. I would have someone come over every single morning and wash my hair for me and dry it and fix it and do my makeup. Here's why. Because I value time more than anything else. And for me, getting ready in the morning, 
I get so frustrated because I feel like I'm wasting time. I just think like this is taking too long. I don't I don't care if I take a five minute shower, but if I wash my hair, it's gonna take me a good 10 minutes to dry it. And then I'm gonna have five to 10 minutes of makeup. And there went, you know, there's 30 minutes. There, I just spent 30 minutes. And I think what I could have done in those 30 minutes besides that. So man, wouldn't that be nice if someone would come and they would wash my hair for me and they would dry it and they would fix it and they would do my makeup for me. First of all, I would look, probably so much better than I do myself by doing this like crazy, super quick makeup myself because I don't, I'm just not that good at it. But I just think about how much I could get done. I could begin work right there, just start working on a project or writing or getting my notes ready for a new podcast that I'm recording or whatever it may be. I could get that done during the hour that someone is getting me ready for the day. And I think that that would be just really wonderful. I would, that is 100% what I would, what I would choose um, to spend money on selfishly if I had it. Um, so I'm going to be asking each of my guests this question and whether their answer is an in-home chef, a closet full of designer shoes, or a trip to the French Alps. I think it gets at the core of what we care about and what we value. For me, my answer at its core shows that I value time. So ask yourself this same question. If you had Oprah money, and had to spend it on yourself, something totally selfish, what would it be? What's your answer? Screenshot this episode and share it on social media along with your answer. I would love to know what it is. If you loved what you heard today, subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you back here next time in the Zimmerman Podcast.